Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different because I'm interviewing Alison Chu. Many of you will know Alison from the Keep Calm and Carry Yarn podcast, or you may also know her as the designer behind the BIPOC in Fibre website. Um, today though, Alison and I are chatting about another project. It's a really exciting project and um, that she's been working on. So, so hello Alison, welcome in. Hi Faye. Did you see she was waving just so you all know Alison's <laughs> waving yeah. as you have to do on this podcast. <laughs> um, it would be really lovely because some people may not know you and um, kind of uh, your background. It'd be really lovely if you could start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah so well as you mentioned I, I host the Keep Calm and Carry On podcast with my mom. Um, where I crochet and she knits, so really representing the crochet there. Uh, and crochet has pretty much been my main hobby since we began that podcast and a little bit before in 2017. Um, I'm originally from the States, as you can probably tell from my accent. You do not have been a Scottish doing... accent? <laughs> no. Um, <Yet>. Yeah, although, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah, in no way from this part of the world. Um, but I've also started designing a bit. Um, I had a design that was shortlisted in the Unravel Design Competition, which is really exciting for me because that was sort of my first sort of serious foray into the design world. Um, and I've now had a design published in Crochet Now last month, which is also really exciting because it was my first garment as well. Um, don't know why I decided to tackle that as a sort of you went in at the deep end, first one out the traps into a magazine was a garment. That's yeah. that's huge. I don't know what obsessed me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I've been here in, in Scotland for four years. I absolutely love it. Um, but I've also lived in London before. Uh, I actually did a, a master's degree in publishing while I was living there. So I was there for about a year and in Boston before here. So kind of all over the place. Uh, but yeah, Boston, um, I was working in publishing as well. So it's sort of connected to that master's degree that I did in London. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's how I ended up here. Um, so it's your interest in publishing and your love of crochet that's really led to us having this conversation. So that feels like a good point for diving into what your new project is. Yeah, so it is a new crochet magazine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about this. Tell us uh, more. Yeah, so that's pretty much the basics of it. It's going to be a new crochet magazine. And I, it basically comes from the fact that I've picked up other sort of craft magazines that are pretty much all knitting based. And I, I don't knit on the podcast. It, it is really just my mom that knits. I've maybe knit two things in the last five years. So I am really just a crocheter. Um, so I want I wanted to make a magazine that I want to buy which is to say like those sort of indie knitting magazines are just really gorgeous like um thick uncoated papers like beautiful photography like really nice indie yarns i wanted that but for crochet and it just it doesn't really exist out there uh, i can't so that... think of anything globally that fits that niche um obviously as you've said there are some for knitting i can't think of anybody that is producing something that's purely for crochet yeah, and particularly, I think, printed as well. Um, I think there's a few sort of websites or online magazines that are kind of doing that sort of thing, but it is all digital. Um, and I think there's just something really, really special 
special about having something physical to kind of touch and flip through and yeah I, th I think as as crocheters we are really tactile we like touching things and to be able to hold a magazine is just a really nice experience and this the smell of it as well like proper beautiful pages and it just yeah there's something really special about having something tangible in your hands yeah um and i think particularly as well with you you were sort of like indie magazines where it's printed on that particular paper it's extra tactile it's it's not the thin sort of glossy pages of of your sort of commercial magazines yeah. which you know have had their own place but it is just less of a experience i feel like to flip through those and i think that's worth touching on i think we're quite lucky being uk based We've got some really good UK monthly crochet magazines. People will know I'm a massive fan of Inside Crochet, but that's a totally different ballgame from this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, they're, they're going to try to accomplish a slightly different thing. And I think, you know, they'll, they'll complement each other in ways and like you'll be able to find some things in those sorts of magazines that you wouldn't be able to find in this one. And I don't even think I've mentioned the name yet. No. <laughs> uh, so the name of the magazine is Morit. Um, M double O R I T. So I have picked Norit because of its relation to Shetland sheep. So it's a term relating to that sort of brown color of Shetland sheep and their wool. Um, being based in Scotland yeah. and also being an absolute word nerd. I like I liked this as a name because of one, the woolly connotations, but also its connection to Scotland. The word itself, a um, little bit of etymology for you here. Um, I studied linguistics in college as well. Um, it's, it is a Scots word and according to the Oxford English Dictionary it's derived from Norn which is descended I think from Old Norse and it was spoken on sort of Orkney and the Shetlands um, because you know that was a home home to Norse settlements way way back in the day. Um, so that, that's where the word has come down from. And so I just, I really like it's sort of old ancient roots and yeah, the whole Scotland thing and yeah. Shetland and wool. And I just think it's perfect. Yeah, it has good lineage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I, I also liked it as well because I was playing around with names that maybe had more of a link, direct link to crochet. Yeah. Um, but I just thought about some of the other titles of knitting magazines. And for the most part, they don't, bash you over the head with, we're a knitting magazine. So it's like, well, why do I have to do it for crochet? I think it's almost, I, I don't know where that, that need comes from, whether it's like self-justification or wanting to like really emphasize the crochet. But it was, I just sort of thought, actually, can we not just have it be about, you know, the material and just the general craft rather than having to, insist 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 that we're crochet like we don't we don't need to justify ourselves being here in this space no we can definitely occupy a bit more of the crafting space and for yeah. me what it speaks to is exactly what you said it's the materials it's about wool and place-based yarns and maybe understanding a bit more of the provenance of your material streams that you're working with as a crafter and um, so what can crocheters expect to see in Murat? yeah so like other magazines it'll be like 10 to 12 patterns but the emphasis will be on garments and accessories so jumpers and cardigans and tops and shawls and mittens and cowls and scarves um and I, I want the designs to be quite modern and sort of using scotland as a background of inspiration generally 
generally speaking. Um, but I think really pushing that sort of, you know, I think there's a tendency to equate modern to like clean and minimal and, and yeah. in terms of aesthetic. And I think there's an element of that, but I think just as well, exploring all that crochet can do and just dispelling rumors or not rumors, but ideas that crochet garments aren't as nice as knitted garments and, and whatnot. Um, and I think as well, the Scottish climate will begin to dictate the type of design. So the idea is that it'll be published twice a year. So you've got your autumn, winter and spring, summer. And for the spring, summer issues, because it only gets so warm here, you won't really see necessarily, you know, halter tops and bikini cover-ups and things like that. They'll still be sort of Scotland summer appropriate. Um, so maybe a bit more uh, cotton, but a little bit more coverage, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and with that emphasis on garments and accessories, there'll be slightly less of your amigurumi and blankets and homeware, just because I think there's already so much of that sort of thing that you can find. And I kind of wanted to, to limit the scope of the magazine to be very specific and to be focused, you know. Um, and I would say from doing the podcast, and I don't know if you get the same from your uh, viewers and listeners, there's a real wish for more crochet garments in particular, but very wearable ones um, where the sizing go, you know, is inclusive and um, it takes into account all sorts of body shapes. So is that part of the ethos of the magazine as well? Yeah, so definitely wide ranges of sizes. Um, I think I think I mentioned about 30 inch to 62 at least, that sort of range that you're looking at. Um, but as well, I want to introduce a sort of digital element to the print magazine on top of having sort of PDF version. I think introducing a an extra digital element could have the possibility of opening up those sort of size inclusive, you know, areas where maybe other magazines, they, they, they might be limited by page space, but if you start to publish things on a digital platform, you've got like unlimited space. So whether that's just having lots and lots of instructional photos or um, stitch count charts, that sort of thing, which doesn't necessarily need to be in the magazine, could go online. Um, and that's a really clever element, and I can't think of any other publication that's doing that, certainly within the knitting crochet sphere. So I think that alone makes Murit a real standout publication. It's it's such, like, it is very me, I think. I mean, considering that, you know, I do the, the web design for BIPOC and Viber, I love fiddling around with code and thinking about you know online things so yeah it's definitely does that then also lead itself in for um i'm thinking about reading apps for people that have visual impairments so does it link through to that side of things as well yeah so i've actually already had a meeting with an accessibility consultant about how to introduce accessibility into the magazine and i think it it'll be it makes sense if I'm going to think about it, I might as well build it from the start because, you know, if I start building the magazine without thinking about it and then having to retrofit things into accessibility. So I've talked to the consultant about both sort of general visual impairments, whether that's like large text, but also making 
a standalone version that would be screen reader compatible. So for me, that will look, I'll need to do a bit of training on how to create those sort of templates and, and whatnot and work with a consultant as the process you know, unfolds. But this is definitely something that I'm hoping will be released at the same time, if not you know, a little bit after getting the first issue out is having a separate standalone um, edition. And then, so as, as well as the patterns itself, I'm hoping to have, you know, one or two articles or essays and, and whatnot. And so that will be both about crochet, but also potentially other topics, whether that's about craft and creativity in general, or the people who are working in those spheres. I already have definitely one article lined up for the first issue and with the potential of another one. So yeah, I'm really excited. And, and maybe some, some fun things that I've been playing around with is, you know, like your Cosmo magazines there was always those like quizzes or like horoscopes or reader confessionals this is basically you and your mom and your podcast <laughs> this, is, this is what you're up to this is a, I thought it would be just a nice little nod to like that sort of thing and just maybe have w w one little thing in in in, in the issue yeah. um yeah just as a fun throwaway i also love things like recipes in um, magazines as well don't always make them but I love it when I get to the recipe section because I'm quite a foodie so yeah yeah stuff like that. or cocktails I love a cup uh, yeah cocktail. I mean obviously cocktails <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to what you were saying about um, kind of some of the supplementary things not just being about crochet I think we're at such an interesting time in the crafting industry where we've got more cottage industries coming back and that that shift was happening before we had um, the pandemic but the pandemic has really focused that so there are some very interesting things happening and collaborations happening in the crafting world that some born out of necessity and some born out of people just taking a few steps back and going right how can we do things differently we've kind of got a reset button here how do we press play and what does play look like so there's so much interesting stuff going on in the industry at the moment so great to hear that you're looking to cover some of those aspects as well yeah definitely i, I think at first i was thinking oh maybe just one article in an issue um but it, it is i think you you could just have a really fat issue and do like half patterns and half articles but it's not quite feasible but yeah there's lots and lots and lots and lots um happening to, to pull from yeah so where is the magazine at now? What are you working on at the moment? So right now we're in the middle of the Kickstarter. So um, I'm, I've launched the Kickstarter in order to fund uh, the first issue, which would be the autumn winter 2021 because it's 2021 issue. Uh, and so we're looking to raise at least 10,600 pounds. And that is everything to cover the cost of the first issue so you've got you know to pay the contributors whether that's designers tech editors um the printing distribution obviously and uh as well as developing those the accessibility um accessible versions for the first issue i've already sort of put in my own money towards some of the startup costs um so that that 10 grand doesn't even cover like everything for the magazine but particularly just for the actual first issue there is a stretch goal of 12 and a half grand so we can print slightly more issues because hopefully this will be something that everyone's excited for and you know we really want to spread the word um but in terms of, of where the magazine itself is at um if you have gone to the kickstarter page you'll see our contributors are already in place including yeah. on one the... Faye Dasher Hughes. <laughs> 
when I when I saw the list of all of the other contributors, I was like, flaming Nora, how did I get in here? Because you've got some really big crochet names in there for your first issue. Like you're you're already knocking it out of the park, and you haven't even started getting your money in yet. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So they're pretty much. I mean, you guys are already working on designs and and things, so that's really exciting. And as you know hopefully when the funding comes through and when you guys you know really properly start working on designs one of the first things that I will be doing while you guys are doing that is undertaking sort of accessibility training and um starting to you know lay out the magazine for ready for your designs to be coming in and things so yeah I mean the, the planning is there and and now we just we just need the money well, we will do everything we can to get that money in. Um, like, I'm guessing that some people are listening and watching this and they've just gone, £10,000? Oh, my God. And I would reiterate what you've said. You've obviously already put your own money in there. I had a ballpark of where I thought it was going to cost you to be able to deliver the magazine. And, yeah, it's a lot of money to be able to do this and to be able to do it properly. And as you've said to come straight out and say we're going to look at accessibility it's going to be thoroughly tech-headed you know we've got the um some really huge designers in there you know all of these elements cost money absolutely as they should and that's why the kickstarter campaign yeah and it's not even a matter of having like well-known designers it's just having you know eight nine ten designers and wanting to pay them yeah. for the work fairly um and yeah it just it just all adds up I hope you're also paying yourself fairly out of this. That's the other thing. Is that, you know, this is this isn't a hobby thing for you, is it? This is you've got a degree, you've got your masters, yeah. This is your livelihood that you're trying to set up. And yeah, and I and I want, you know, even though the funding is for the first issue, hopefully the idea is that this goes well and you know, profit from the first issue means that we can do a second issue and a third issue and a fourth issue. Yeah. I, I honestly do not believe you're going to have any problems getting this Kickstarter. I'm there as your first wholesale customer. <laughs> as soon as we're out doing yarn shows again, I expect to have copies of Murit available for me to be able to sell on my on my stand and to have it in the online shop. I just, I think the crochet community itself has been looking for something like this for a long, long time. I think what might take a little bit longer is for the yarn shop side of things mm. to catch up to where and how vociferous crocheters are about this and what it is that we want because I still feel like we're being underserved. Definitely. So I'm hoping that this publication will help to pull up what's available for crocheters in the yarn shops as well. I actually think it's a much bigger thing than potentially even you think it is. I think this could be huge for crochet globally. I think you're yeah. going to set the bar. I guess, yeah, I mean, just you mentioning about yarn shops, it is like, well, hopefully the magazine will sort of be, yeah, like a, sig a signal to yarn shop owners that, I mean, the crocheters are there. Not only are they there, but they've fund, you know, helped fund this magazine. They want this magazine. They This is the kind of content they want. I'm just thinking about going into yarn shops and, you know, you got your crochet bookshelf and your knitting bookshelf. And it's always, I, I look at all the stuff on the knitting bookshelf and just think, why isn't, why don't they have books like that but for crochet? Why is it just learn how to crochet for beginner books? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'm, yeah I am really excited. It just talking about it now as well it just makes it seem more real and I, I put into mind of 
when we were doing BIPOC and Fiber, um, I was interviewed at one point and asked like how I had come about to be part of the project. And it was because I'd messaged Jeanette Sloan. And my whole reasoning behind this was that I had it in my head that I wanted to ask her this question or, or ask if this resource was going to become a thing. And I kept thinking like, oh no, like she's got enough on her plate. I'm sure she's already thinking about it. Somebody else is already helping her. And eventually I just realized, nah, like why, why not? Like if, what happens if you don't say anything and no one else says anything and it never happens, then it's on you, right? So I feel like with this magazine as well, like I've been sitting here thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was a crochet magazine? And just at some point last year, beginning last year, before that even, just that the little niggling in my head, just thinking, you have a publishing degree, you're a crocheter. Why aren't you doing this? So I guess the key question is, how can crocheters best support Moon It magazine? The obvious way would be to back the Kickstarter, to um, donate money if you're able to. The Kickstarter will be running until February um, and you can get rewards for backing, which just as a sort of a perk to say thank you um, from me for believing in the project. Um, so things like uh, yarn, a hat pattern designed by you, it's really lovely. Um, and even if you can't back financially, which I feel like even without the situation that we're in, I know not everyone would be able to back um, financially anyway, just sharing the project um, and the Kickstarter page on social on your social media, at your craft group, your crochet group, your knitting group, you know, whatever that may be, just getting the word out there. Um, because even if, you know, and, and even if you do back to share it as well, just because I think trying to spread the word as much as possible, reach as many people just to up the chances that the project gets backed. Um, yeah. And keep on sharing it as well, because there's an expected flurry at the beginning of the campaign, isn't there? And then yeah. naturally trail off. So if every few days somebody's resharing, it might hit a different part of the algorithm for their Instagram followers. <laughs> so, you know, keep on going with it. But you mentioned an important point there, which is that you don't have to, um, you can just donate the money. So if you actually wanted to donate and not receive the resources, like the, the kind of the bumps, I don't know, I can't think of a better word for it, like the perks. If you don't want to do that, then you can just donate, which means that every, it's, every single penny goes towards the magazine. And am I right in thinking the way that Kickstarter works is the money is only taken if you reach your target? Has it been set up in that manner? Yeah, yeah. So it's an all or nothing campaign. You have to reach um, the full goal in order to receive your money. And the whole idea with Kickstarter in particular, they only accept projects where there's a sort of physical product involved. So the idea being, if you don't make all the money that you've calculated you need, you won't be able to produce the, yeah. the product, which is essentially what would happen if I don't get all the money, then it means there's not enough money to pay the contributors or you know pay for the printing. So that is, you know, I've agonized over spreadsheets coming up with this number. <laughs> It, it seems like a really sensible number and I love the fact that you've set it all out in the Kickstarter campaign and you've been very transparent about where the costs are. I love the pie chart for it. <laughs> I just thought it was a, a really nice way of showing where the money's going and that you haven't just kind of plucked this figure out of Madeira that, you know, there's some real accounting that's gone into the back of it. Yeah. So then you've got the stretch as well. So what happens, because Kickstarter can also go beyond the stretch, can't it? 
Yeah. So basically, let's say 15 grand came in. Let's go. <laughs> Imagine 15,000 came in. Um, yeah. I mean, the first thing that it would go towards would just be to print more copies. Um, I think particularly if you think about the amount of people who will be able to back the project, that is going to represent a sort of, you know, or whatever, however much percent, 10%, 5% of the amount of people who are going to be interested in the magazine ultimately. And the more people that back the project, it's, you know, an indicator of how many people ultimately will want to buy the magazine. So the more people that back, it justifies printing more copies um, and printing more copies now will represent a cost savings to me as well, because, you know, I, I could print 500 copies now and then sell out and then need to print another 500 copies, which would be quite expensive. But if I print, you know, a thousand copies in one go, as an example, that cost to just double it at the start is so much smaller than having to do it again um, as a second print run. Um, I think I've I've marked it out like yeah, but the the, the the if you just think about the cost difference between the ten point six that I'm trying to raise and the twelve point five, which would represent a doubling in the print run, like it's not a doubling of the price at all. So yeah, yeah, and it's a really fine line between hitting um like really good finances to make it a more viable um kind of output and then not having copies sat i'm guessing in your flat in edinburgh <laughs> so you know it's it's a really fine line of getting the right numbers versus what it is that you need to um distribute and yeah so are you looking to reach out to any other people within the yarn industry? Like, are you looking for yarn dyers to get on board and maybe advertise or notion suppliers or more crochet designers? Is there anybody else that might be listening to this that wants to obviously support the Kickstarter, but wants to be involved in the magazine as well? Yeah, um, there will, the plan is to have ads. So if there's any yarn dyers or you know yarn retailers that are interested, um, then that's definitely something that we're exploring. It'll be something that we'll look into, particularly once the funding is through and kind of get an idea of how much um, we will be printing. Um, as well as if anyone's interested in, in wholesaling, I've already had a couple of people, including you, um, <laughs> inquire about it. Uh, so I've been keeping you know lists on the side uh, for, for future contacts and whatnot. Um, and you know, we'll be looking for yarn support as well. Um, I mean, that'll be a bit more targeted when it comes down to it. But anyone, if there are crochet designers who would like to be in touch, I've been keeping a list um, sort of for the future when either I'm specifically looking for a particular type of design to commission, because at the moment I'm keeping it quite targeted rather than having a, a big open submission call. I just think that could result in me being overwhelmed being at the sort of very, very beginning stages. And I think particularly as I'm trying to create the magazine and, and define it, I think I need to be really careful and thoughtful and, and yeah, targeted. But that being said, I, I have already heard some from some designers who are super, super keen and interested and, and would like to hear more. So I am keeping a list. Um, so I have that in mind for the day when I can have an open submission call. So definitely be in touch um, if that sounds like you. So, what are you most excited about with the magazine? I know what I'm most excited about, but what what is it that's really doing it for you? I mean, it, I feel like it's just sort of a general summary of things that we've been talking about, but just the fact that this does feel really like completely unique, like being able to 
be the first of its kind, just this absolutely completely aspirational publication for crocheters, you know, something that's really beautiful that represents crochet in like 100% a modern way, you know, with, with modern designs, natural materials, luxury yarn. And, and I realize, you know, not everyone will be able to make jumpers out of these luxury yarns, but I think the idea of this magazine that it, it is aspirational and just, uh, yeah, I just, to be able to offer that to people it's just super, super exciting because it's it's what I've wanted to see for so long. Um, and just the idea of seeing it, yeah, photographed in a really beautiful way. Like, like I've got um, a potential photographer lined up already and like her her photography is beautiful, just kind of like moody in a Scottish way, you know, like, <laughs> but oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so excited to see Scotland with crochet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So to wrap up then, Alison, how should people keep in touch with you and the progress on the magazine? Mm -hmm. uh, so there's an Instagram account as well as a Facebook page and they're both more at mag, all one word. So easy enough to, to see all posts and updates there. But as well, there's a website, which is moreatmag.com. And from there, you can subscribe to the email newsletter. So you'll get all the updates that way as well. And for anyone who would like to email me it would be hello at moreatmag.com I'm sure you're going to be inundated <laughs> I really um, yeah I can imagine so many people are going to be interested in what it is that you're doing and uh, want to be able to support you as well uh, yeah I mean the support already has been like absolutely amazing and like I, I don't know I think that there was an element of being nervous to begin with particularly but just yeah, having that support and just you know des designers like you and you've put me in, in touch with like yarn suppliers as well and they've been like super supportive um the border mill they they donated that um giveaway prize like it's just it's been really really nice yeah and i think it's worth mentioning again and just for people to bear in mind this is you on your own doing this this is not a full team <laughs> yeah when i say Every... we, it's the royal we <laughs> and you're going to use the experts and you know where you need them like photographer tech editing um accessibility uh person but it's you this is this is your thing you've got the skills but you know we're, we're talking about an awful lot of work for you to to be able to get this off the ground so anything that the crochet clan can do to support please do <laughs> i know from conversations that we've had over the years that so many Crochet Clan members have been looking for this magazine for years and years and years. So we now have the opportunity. So let's, you know, do it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Alison, thank you so much for chatting with me and making this interview possible. I wish you all the luck with Murit. I am so behind this. Anything that I can do, you just call upon me and I will be there to help out. I'm sure you will have full support of the Crochet Clan as well. Like, I cannot wait until the day that Murit Mag comes through my letterbox and I get to rip it open and sit down with a nice coffee and just slowly paw my way through a beautiful, tactile, gorgeous crochet publication. It's going to happen and I'm just, I'm going to be so proud the day that that comes because it will mean that you've got there with this project and I just, it's coming so thank you for like taking that jump and seeing that you're going to do it because 
we want it and like you said if nobody else is going to come and do it then why why not you you're the person that's very well placed to do it so i wish you the best of luck with your endeavors for more at magazine oh thank you thank you so much and thank you for the help you've already given me and the advice and insight and yeah and thanks for having me on the podcast you're very welcome. It's been ages since I've done an interview. <laughs> a bit out of practice, but yeah, I need to do more of this, I think. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. You wave yourself out as well. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>